I'm Ray Rogers. And I'm Annie Evans, co-host of today's episode. You're listening to Fix This, a podcast exploring tech ideas and solutions to some of today's largest challenges. New York City. Undeniably, the famous city is a trailblazer in world art, fashion, and, of course, music. And one of the most revered pillars of culture in New York City is the New York Philharmonic. Founded in 1842, it is the oldest symphony orchestra in the United States. In the 180 years since its founding, the New York Philharmonic has evolved with technology. No longer confined just to in-person performances, the concerts are accessible through radio, international television broadcasts, online recordings, and through educational programs reaching tens of millions every year from around the world. Researchers, students, scholars, and music lovers alike can also visit the New York Philharmonic archives online to explore programs, scores, images, and business documents from the last century and beyond. You can even search by performance history, which includes every concert since December 7, 1842. But there's a lot that goes on technologically behind the scenes of maintaining and serving up these archives. The New York Philharmonic is modernizing all aspects of its operations, from updating the back end of its archive storage solutions to its renovation of the David Geffen Hall. Migrating to Amazon Web Services will increase the archive's efficiency and allow the organization to harness data in new ways. To learn more, Ray chatted with Gabriel Smith, director of archives and exhibitions, and his colleague, Bill LeVay, digital archivist at the New York Philharmonic. Take a listen. Uh, my name is Gabriel Smith. I'm Bill LeVay. Can you share a brief history of how the New York Philharmonic got to where it is today? So the New York Philharmonic was founded in 1842 in a New York City that was much smaller than it is now. And we've since performed over 16,000 concerts and counting. And now we're here at Lincoln Center at David Geffen Hall, and that is where we uh, continue to perform. Uh, we reach, I would say, between 400,000 and half a million in-person audience members each year through our concerts in the hall and in the parks and on tour. We started radio in 1922. It was actually our first radio broadcast uh, in 1930. We began a coast-to-coast radio program through CBS as the first orchestra to start one of these programs. And we were on the air for years and years, decades. Uh, We also have a TV history, starting with Leonard Bernstein and the Young People's Concerts in the 1950s and continuing on PBS through the Great Performers Live at Lincoln Center series in the 70s. So it's really, the orchestra is really well-documented in terms of its media history and in terms of its archives, uh, which we, it's our job to keep and make available to as many people as possible. And on that note, all of that rich history that has been recorded and documented over the decades, tell us a little bit more about the archives. We save everything. We were, we're sort of the repository for the institution from the music that you see on people's stands on stage to the music that's recorded, whether it's uh, commercial recordings, which we have going back to 1917, or whether it's archival recordings taken during every concert that happens in the hall, um, to newspaper clippings, to contracts with artists, to the programs themselves, to a whole photograph library. It's really extensive, and we're happy to say that it has very few breaks in it. 
all of the management changes that have come over the years with the Philharmonic, we've been able to keep really good records through that time. So it's really an extraordinary collection. Uh, once this material has been migrated to the cloud, it gives us the opportunity to serve up our high-resolution images to our users more quickly. We can take advantage of things like AI uh, rec uh, facial recognition, photo tagging, which I think will be especially helpful for us because so many of our photos are groups of people, whether it's musicians on stage or audiences or people at an event, uh, to try to tag people in those photos manually would not be feasible for us. So taking advantage of AI techniques in uh, that respect is really exciting. We also are looking forward to having better open data. So we do have our performance history data available to download. So researchers can go ahead and download that data and do what they want with it. But we're excited to enhance that open data following best practices in the linked open data community um, to allow for further uh, exploration. So once the archive is fully migrated into the cloud, what is your ultimate vision for what people will be able to experience and do both outside of your organization and inside? With the cloud migration, we're really hoping to bridge this divide between the analog format, meaning things that we have already digitized. You could have a recording that's on a reel-to-reel -reel tape that we've digitized, and we have a, a copy of that in the archives, but also what we see as sort of the next phase in the history of the organization, which is what we call born digital material, meaning it was never printed. And that's how almost everything, especially post-COVID, is coming to the archives now, whether it be a recording or a photograph or even a program. Same way you see, you know, restaurants that, that aren't doing printed menus anymore. Well, for a while, we weren't doing printed programs. How do we have those programs? We actually crawled websites for them. You know, so making the bridge in that divide between the print and the, the digital world is something we're trying to achieve with, with, with these new systems. One thing that I am excited about is OCR, optical character recognition, that we can run our digitized pages through. Uh, most of the time that server just sits there. So with AWS, we can use uh, OCR as a service, which will be much more efficient for us. The Digital Archives does not currently include the majority of born digital content that's being created by the organization. That material is on network drives, it's backed up, but it's not easily discoverable for us internally uh, or very accessible. So uh, we need systems in place to better preserve that material and make it accessible. And we're starting to do this by building out our digital asset management system in AWS. We're also looking forward to the opportunity of rethinking the search interface of the public-facing digital archives. Once we're in the cloud and we are able to enhance our metadata through various means, that is going to create more access points for people to find things they were looking for or find things that they did not expect to find. One of those being the ability to search across all of the text in our collection in one unified search. The David Geffen Hall is currently being renovated and is set to reopen in autumn 2022, which is very exciting. How do you see the archives fitting into the reopening? One of the exciting things that is coming with this reimagined David Geffen Hall is a whole new technological setup and really perspective for the organization, 
with the hall, we're getting whole new infrastructure of being able to capture the orchestra in different ways via different camera angles, by, by recording setup. And we're also getting in the lobby level and uh, going up all the tiers of the hall, we're going to have screens where you can see digitized content from the archives, from the marketing department. You will actually be able to watch concerts live as they happen on stage in the lobby on a 50-foot media wall. That is also going to be a place where when a concert is not happening, you'll be able to interact with material from the archive. Uh, the hope is that with a modern system in the cloud, that we'll be able to send our digital assets to these screens uh, without all of that manual work of downloading from one location, uploading to another location, re-entering metadata, et cetera, but have a more seamless flow from one system to another. You are an AWS Imagine grant winner. What are you hoping to accomplish with the grant and what's your timeline? So the Imagine grant comes as part of a five-year forward plan for the digital archives, which we put together last year and was funded by the National Endowment for the Humanities and the Leon Levy Foundation as a digital infrastructure project to bring the digital archives as it currently is into the cloud and sort of into the future from there. That also includes us building an internal digital asset management system, which we're using Cortex by Orange Logic for our internal media system where we're going to bring in all of the all of the audiovisual collection from there and have that all link up at some point in the future. But it's a very unique project in that it's a five-year grant, which is long for, for a grant cycle, but it, but it really gives us the time to, to do the research and really think strategically about what we are doing for the long term. I mean, the New York Philharmonic has been around for 180 years. And so we think in these ways of how will this come across in 20 years from now. And of course, with technology, it moves so fast that it's hard to know those questions. But if you're given the time to be able to think about this and to really plan and to set up and scale in the right way, it should set you up uh, to be in a good place in, say, 10 years or 20 years or 50 years. That's how we think. So we're, we're really grateful that this is part of this project. And of course, as we move into renovated David Geffen Hall, we're setting this up to be able to capture all of the increased amount of data. There's going to be so much more data from all the new captures via video, via audio that are going to be happening because we're now capable of that because we have that infrastructure. We're hoping that this project really lays the groundwork so that we're able to store those files and manage them uh, in a responsible way, and so that they'll, they will be available in 50 years or 100 years. From your perspectives, why is it important that we pursue projects like these to preserve arts and culture? One of the mandates or one of the charges of the archives, the reason that we exist is really to provide access to researchers, to music lovers, to whoever is interested, really. And what what the cloud is doing, what the digital archives have done is to really just expand this access in a way that when 
you know, these pieces were created when the, when the archives was built, we, we would never imagine that, you know, from say somewhere on the other side of the world, you'd be able to access one of Leonard Bernstein's marked scores. So it's really is just blowing up, you know, the possibilities in terms of access, which also equals more audience and which also leads to a heightened profile of our collection. We're, we're helping students, we're always helping students and scholars with their research and with, with the cloud migration, with expanding the horizon of access to data in the cloud and via the digital archives in whatever way uh, in the hall, all these different, you know, outlets that the cloud migration provides, we really, our horizon has been expanded in terms of who we can access and how much they can access wherever they are in the world. The AWS Imagine Grant is a yearly program designed for nonprofits in the U.S. to pursue technology-driven projects to advance their mission. By providing unrestricted cash grants up to $150,000, AWS promotional credit up to $100,000, and technical guidance, the Imagine Grant program enables 501c organizations to leverage cloud technology to solve the world's most pressing challenges. Check out aws.amazon.com slash imagine-grant to view previous winners' projects and download application instructions today. If you like today's episode about art bringing people together, listen back to episode 46 to learn about the Smithsonian's Futures exhibit and its centerpiece, the Interactive Artificial Intelligence and Light Sculpture, Me Plus You, by artist Suchi Reddy. And join the conversation on social media with hashtag FixThisByAWS. Huge thank you to our guests, Gabriel and Bill. And thank you for tuning in. If you like today's show, please remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share. We'll be here on the next one.